Welcome to the Disney Cruise Line Blog Podcast. On this episode, we're going to take a listen at clips from the 2020 second quarter Walt Disney Company earnings call. In the call, they spoke about the uh, impact of the coronavirus pandemic on the uh, theme parks, the business as a whole. Uh, during the call, there was a overview of how things are progressing in terms of reopening Shanghai and what we could potentially see in the other theme parks. And towards the end of the call, during the question and answer section, a caller did inquire specifically about the cruise line. This is more or less a clip show of the various segments of the earnings call. I tried to limit the various conversations specific to the parks, parks segment of the company, of which Disney Cruise Line is part of. The full and complete earnings call can be found. The link for it will be in the show notes. And now, on to the intro of the meeting. And welcome to the Walt Disney Company's Fiscal 2020 Second Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Mr. Lowell Singer, Senior Vice President of Investor Relations. Thank you. Please go ahead, sir. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Walt Disney Company's Second Quarter 2020 Earnings Call. We hope you are all staying safe, and we realize that most of you are joining us today from your homes. And given Los Angeles County's Safer at Home order, we are hosting today's call remotely. So joining me from their homes are Bob Iger, Disney's chairman, Bob Chapek, Disney's chief executive officer, and Christine McCarthy, senior executive vice president and chief financial officer. Following comments from Bob Iger, Bob Chapek, and Christine, we'll be happy to take some questions. So with that, let me turn the call over to Bob Iger to get started. Thanks, Lowell, and good afternoon, everyone. Obviously, much has changed in the world since our last earnings call and the challenges we're now facing are unprecedented. Like so many other companies and industries, the pandemic has hit us hard, and both Bob and Christine will walk you through the specifics. However, as someone who's been around for a while and led this company through some really tough days over the last 15 years, including economic downturns, natural disasters, and other unforeseen events, I have absolute confidence in our ability to get through this challenging period and recover successfully. The Walt Disney Company has demonstrated repeatedly over its nearly 100-year history that it is exceptionally resilient, and I believe this time will be no different. We entered this crisis with a strong hand and an exceptional management team now led by Bob Chapek. And as we said in February, when Bob was announced as CEO, he and I continue to work in partnership in support of the company's objectives and to ensure a smooth and successful transition. As you would expect when dealing with a challenge of this magnitude, the entire team is working closely together, taking an all-hands-on-deck approach to address the difficult issues we're facing. Of course, one key to our resilience is the strength of our brands and the strong emotional connection people have to them. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, ABC, ESPN, and Star Wars. In fact, recent studies have shown we've maintained that connection with consumers throughout this crisis. We also have a tremendous collection of assets. And beyond that, what we create has never been more necessary or more important than right now. In fact, it's quite possible that what we create is appreciated now more than ever, because people find comfort and inspiration in our messages of hope and optimism. 
This is the same reason we believe people will resume familiar activities once this crisis ends. They miss doing the things they enjoy, things that make them feel happy and connected with family and friends. Whether it's going to movie theaters to see our films, or visiting our theme parks around the world, or watching live sports on ESPN. People want good news. They want to experience joy and the feeling of togetherness. And for all these reasons, we will continue to tell stories that uplift and enrich people's lives. While much of our operations are shut down, we've been fortunate to keep parts of our creative pipeline active, including a number of writing and development projects, while also continuing post-production work for our media networks, our studios, and Disney+. And I've been working with our creative teams across the company, and I am extremely excited about what's in store. I have no doubt that we will get through this, but it will take some time. Before I turn it over to Bob and Christine to talk about the quarter and the strategy going forward and to answer your questions, I want to take a moment to express my sincere gratitude for all of the medical professionals across our country who are fighting valiantly to save lives and to everyone helping to flatten the curve by heeding the advice of health officials and others. It's all making a difference. On behalf of Bob and myself, I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our employees around the world who continue to show incredible ingenuity, commitment, patience, and understanding during these trying times. Even in the face of adversity, their dedication to our company and our mission is unwavering, and we couldn't be more proud of them. And with that, I'll hand it over to Bob. Thanks, Bob, and good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're all doing well and staying safe. When I stepped into this new job two and a half months ago, none of us could have imagined the suffering and sacrifice that we're now seeing around the world. This devastating pandemic is like nothing most of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. Has had a profound impact on millions of lives, physically, psychologically, financially, causing tremendous hardship and loss. And just about everyone has been affected in one way or another, either personally or through someone they know, a friend, family member, neighbor, or colleague. Fortunately, amidst the adversity, we see the best of humanity demonstrated through inspiring acts of compassion and selflessness. From the courageous healthcare workers caring for people on the front lines, in hospitals across the country, to our first responders and others providing essential services throughout our communities, we're grateful for and deeply appreciative of their efforts. Here at Disney, as Bob mentioned, we're also grateful to our own employees, starting with our local and national ABC News teams, providing critical and factual information around the clock. Our ESPN team, providing compelling programming in the absence of live sports. Our global security personnel and key staff who are safeguarding and maintaining our parks and resorts. They're doing a phenomenal job and we could not be more proud of them. As you know, Disney, like many other companies, has experienced widespread disruption. In mid-March, we closed our domestic parks and hotels indefinitely, suspended our cruise line, halted film and TV productions, and shuttered our retail stores. 
And while these were necessary steps to ensure the safety and well-being of our guests and employees, our businesses have been hugely impacted. In the second fiscal quarter, adjusted EPS fell to 60 cents a share from $1.61 a year earlier, primarily due to the suspended operations I just outlined. Christine will talk more in depth about our results for the quarter and the ongoing financial impact of COVID-19. Before she does, I want to share a few thoughts on the disruption we're seeing across our company, as well as our confidence and our ability to weather this storm. While it's too early to predict when we'll be able to begin resuming all of our operations, we are evaluating a number of different scenarios to ensure a cautious, sensible, and deliberate approach to the eventual reopening of our parks. As you know, our parks have been closed around the world, Shanghai and Hong Kong since January, Tokyo since February, and our U.S. and Paris parks since mid-March. The approach we take may include implementation of guest capacity and density control measures, as well as health and prevention procedures that comply with state and federal guidelines. We are seeing encouraging signs of a gradual return to some semblance of normalcy in China. And in light of the lifting of certain restrictions in recent weeks, and the successful reopening of our park-adjacent retail and food and beverage area, Disney Town, we and our government partners, Shanghai Shendi Group, plan to open Shanghai Disneyland on May 11th. We will take a phased approach with limits on attendance using an advanced reservation and entry system, controlled guest density using social distancing, and strict government-required health and prevention procedures. These include the use of masks, temperature screenings, and other contact tracing and early detection systems. Now, before I turn it over to Christine, let me just reiterate what Bob said, and that is, Disney is an exceptionally resilient company. With a great management team and thousands of talented and dedicated employees, we continue to deliver the exceptional brands, franchises, and storytelling that consumers around the world have demonstrated a tremendous affinity for, and we are confident that we will emerge from this crisis in a strong position. With that, I'll turn it over to Christine to talk more about the quarter, and then we'll be happy to answer your questions. Thanks, Bob, and good afternoon, everyone. These are truly unprecedented times, and the COVID-19 pandemic has affected our company in a number of significant ways. From a financial standpoint, we estimate the adverse impact of COVID-19-related disruption on our second quarter operating income was as much as $1.4 billion, with the majority of that impact at our parks experiences and product segment. Prior to the disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, with the exception of Hong Kong Disneyland, the rest of our parks and experiences businesses were trending well ahead of prior year. As we had previously disclosed, Hong Kong Disneyland faced challenges due to significant declines in visitation from China and other parts of Asia. Attendance at our domestic parks was down 11% in the second quarter. I'll remind you that the Disneyland Resort closed on March 14th and Walt Disney World closed March 16th. 
We estimate the closure of our domestic parks had an adverse impact on attendance growth of approximately 18 percentage points. As we look ahead, while we've announced plans to reopen Shanghai Disney Resort, there is limited visibility into the timing of reopening and the conditions under which we can reopen the rest of our parks and resorts, cruise ships, and Disney stores. However, we believe the strength of our brands and our unwavering commitment to the guest experience are valuable assets that will serve us and our guests well once we reopen. And now, the meeting transitioned to a question and answer segment from callers. There were multiple calls during this meeting, however, we're I'm just limiting it here to the one question that specifically relates to Disney Cruise Line. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Lowell, and we would be happy to take your questions. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jessica Reif Ehrlich with Bank of America Securities. Your line is now open. The first question is, how are you thinking about longer-term changes in your business model as a result of this crisis? And however you think about that, whether it's sports, how much you will bid or how many contracts you need, or conversely, is this an opportunity versus competitors, CapEx, resizing the business, et cetera? And second question is, can you remind us what percent pre-crisis cruise ships were in terms of revenue and operating income? And since this seems like the last business that will come back, can you cancel the orders for your pending ships that are being built? Okay, so I'll turn uh, I'll turn the business model question over to Bob Chapik, and then I think he and Christine can address the uh, the cruise question. Okay, uh, in terms of uh, you know the future future rights uh, and you know the business models, uh, we think that live sports remain uh, incredibly valuable to us, and we continue to have an interest in live sports rights given the unique slate of assets that we own. Uh, with ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ABC. And, uh, you know, we're going to do that, though, as we always have done in a very disciplined manner. Uh, you know, existing consumer trends play a real big part on how we think about the value of sports rights as they make the transition from linear over to digital. And uh, I think uh, it really it's, – it's a bit premature to give any specific details on, you know, what the strategy is, other than we're obviously highly interested in those – and uh, uh, we think we want to make the evolution along with the consumer as they go from linear to digital. In terms of the CapEx question, obviously, uh, we had a lot of really big plans in the parks, and we still continue to have big plans. Uh, those good ideas before COVID are going to be really good ideas after. And as Christine said in her opening remarks, there are certain, you know, trimmings that we're doing here and there to be uh, responsible uh, from a financial standpoint, but we have such great intellectual property and our Imagineers over at our theme parks where the majority of our capital goes have done such a tremendous job of planning out future uh, uh, experiences for our guests that we're just going to go ahead and take a slightly finer tooth comb, if you will, through those expenditures, but essentially uh, plan on, you know, investing behind those businesses like we always have. And in terms of the cruise ship, uh, business. Uh, we agree that that will probably be the last of our travel-oriented businesses to come back uh, online. Uh, interestingly enough, long-term, uh, all of our data and our research shows that our guests will be just as interested in cruising with us long-term, obviously not in the next few months, 
but uh, much more resilient than any of the competitor businesses because of that love for Disney and assurance that they feel that they trust our business to act in a responsible way uh, to, you know, help to the extent possible protect them against, you know, some of the uh, woes that have plagued the industry uh, since COVID has hit. Christine, do you want to just talk about the, you know, cruise um, uh, component of that segment? Sure. Uh, Jessica, you know, we, we don't break down our individual businesses uh, within the segment. But uh, so for the percent of revenue and operating income, given the size of our um, global parks business, it, it, that includes the cruise business, and now it includes consumer products, it's a relatively small percentage of operating income and revenue. But that being said, and this just builds on some of the things Bob said, you know, this is um, a, a business that is one of our highest rated businesses in terms of guest satisfaction. And it also um, has a very high uh, intent to repeat the experience. So a lot of people who go on one tend to go back for multiple cruises. So and it's also a business, when we look at it from an ROI perspective, ROIC perspective, um, it's, it's a very nice returning business, creating value long-term for shareholders. And there you have it. That rounds out uh, the second quarter 2020's fiscal year earnings report from the Walt Disney Company, uh, specifically focused on the Parks and Resorts and Disney Cruise Line. One of the interesting aspects of the second quarter is the cruise line and the domestic parks were only took a maybe short period of time with the uh, second quarter ending on March, I believe, 28th. With the cruise line shutting down, you know, mid-March, there isn't really much of the cruise line. And same token, the parks that impacted the second quarter. It'll be really telling with the third quarter earnings release in uh, three months, how it, how this coronavirus pandemic really impacted the company as a whole with all the business units kind of shut down, you know, on the park side. I've held back from doing any coronavirus-specific podcast of date because I feel the information is so constantly changing. By the time it gets published, it'll already be out of date. I hope to get back to some more fun news as we go forward. But until then... I hope you all are safe, and thanks for listening. Have a question, comment, rumor, or just want to say hi? Call 321-765-3252 to leave a voicemail, and we just might include it in a future episode. You can reach us via the comments section on the website, email at contact at disneycruiselineblog.com, Twitter at the DCL blog, and Facebook, facebook.com slash disneycruiselineblog.com. 